0: The fact that you still, after all this time, cannot accept you had a mother who didn't love you. In pitying your uncle, the man she conspired with, you're turning the blame for what she did back on yourself again after all this time.
1: What was your mother like? Did she ever let you down? Hurt your feelings?
0: Of course she did. She was controlling and manipulative at times. She also never tried to kill me.
1: I pushed her over the
0: edge. By placing her in a lovely retirement community. It's a nursing home.
1: It's, It's a nursing home. Ah, welcome to Cut to Black Sopranos Sit Down. I am Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every episode of The Sopranos.
0: I'm Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 66 episodes of The Sopranos, and I believe the reason that didn't work out is that when you said, oh, wait, I have to cut a clip, I was like, what do you mean you have to cut a clip? Just play Gata and Walanga and get it over with. (laughs) That's the only clip that matters as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Welcome to Season 6. But who made this episode, Jim?
1: Oh, my goodness. This episode, titled Members Only, was written by Terrence Winter and directed by Tim Van Patten. Those are... You might as well be David Chase. Those people might as well be David Chase because uh, we've heard their names many times and they're responsible for some very excellent episodes of The Sopranos, this being one of them. Uh, This is the premiere of Season 6A, uh, which aired uh, March 12, 2006. To put that into a little bit more context, the finale of Season 5, All Due Respect, aired June 6, 2004. So you think that there's gaps between podcasts. Just think about the gaps between seasons of The Sopranos.
0: Yeah, that's right. The The break we took is incomparable. It wasn't even uh, a whole year. Um, no, it was just a little bit there. And we're getting right back into the last. I'm so excited. The last, technically, season of The Sopranos, season six. Oh my gosh, members only. And what an episode, Jim. I've been watching a lot of TV recently. And then you watch The Sopranos and you're like, wow, yeah. excellent. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Absolutely. It's like, what are we all doing? What's everyone doing, Jim? Why are they making not great television when they could be making the sopranos? I guess they couldn't. I guess that's why they don't,
1: yeah, I mean, why are we watching anything else uh besides the sopranos? um and yeah, like it it kinda every premiere in a weird way, uh like reintroduces the sopranos in a new like f- like showing off more confidence, I feel like the yeah. show you just get that feeling that like they know exactly what they're doing you're in great hands like let's just do this and it it, it kind of surprises me every time with with each season premiere it really kind of gets you right back in there i guess it's probably something important to do when you are taking breaks of like a year or two and then coming yeah. back with a show but if there's a show that's worth it of course it is the sopranos
0: absolutely uh do we know why there was such a long break was it maybe like to work on the show or conflicts. With, yeah, or whatever, I
1: mean like, it's just kind of you know? like a common. Th- HBO still does it now with a lot of shows. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember specifics. It was just kind of a thing Sopranos always did, and I get. I don't know if that's maybe David Chase being like, ah, I'm going to take a break. I could do whatever the hell I want," or I want to make sure we have because it's not like their. It's not like their seasons are like tightly plotted out where everything has to. You know how Sopranos is, but you know they—I guess it's just more about the theme and what they want to say. So it must be just take time to really nail that.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. And this episode, it is—I mean, you said they all do a good job of the first episodes of the seasons, but this was one of those episodes where I was like, "Holy shit! This is <laughs> this is an episode." Yeah. Um, and and mainly because of the the sort of side plot, not not necessarily the big Junior shoot out. Thing, but like, yeah, the, the side plot, like, wow, that that hits you really hard. Yeah.
1: um Well, how ex- well? Uh, since we are, since we did mention the like, gatsada malenga, uh, how excited were you to hear? Did it sound weird? Like, hey, I know that, I know that audio, I know that clip. <laughs> I
0: I thought that when it happened, I would through context uh, have a better understanding of what the fuck he's saying. And I've uh, since googled it and tried to figure it out. I guess I do, but it's like, oh, I wasn't like mishearing someone say something. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's. It's the other pussy. It's not big pussy, which is always confusing in itself. Like, I was like, wait, if it was big pussy, I should have known. But no, it's little pussy. Um, So, yeah. No, I I was very excited. You can imagine. And then it's also uh, to the point where it overshadowed what was happening in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, Tony's been shot.
1: (laughs) And, yeah, I guess he's saying, what, Casada, Casada, Malenga. Um, And, you know, there's different people and what what it – what the translation means like worthless or piece of garbage uh and yes it's such a nice sopranos is very good at just bringing up things from the past uh because you know going back to the pilot it was all about how junior was going to kill pussy malenga and he wanted to do it in Artie's restaurant and that started this whole you know path we've been on uh so real nice use of that
0: yep absolutely And yeah, so I guess let's just get into it. We start with a couple of uh, FBI agents there. One of them getting a bit sick in the car, so they stop and he throws up. And just in general, it's like a musical montage here leading us into what's going on, uh, seeing some things that we understand immediately and some things that we, you know, don't necessarily get what's going on.
1: Yes. Yeah. And what is it? uh, What's the quote that he says? He says something like, um, nobody ever went broke underestimating the American public uh and then it cuts to like Agent Harris throwing up (laughs) uh and I believe that is that's a that's a quote that's an actual quote from American author and social critic uh H.L. Mencken um and yeah I don't know what kind of statement do you take from that is it like is it more David Chase kind of being ashamed that he makes a, a violent uh crime show that everyone loves and he keeps telling them not to love it is, is it kind of more of that
0: i mean it could be i was very busy going like that's doug stamper that's doug yes. from house of cards that's what i was going to actually no i was going who the fuck is that and then i looked it up and figured out it was doug uh so, so i was I'll be honest, I wasn't paying that close of attention, but it does sound like something that they would do, wouldn't, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, David Chase does have contempt for his own art because he makes great art, but you know, you could look at it like from the standpoint, like we've talked about this a little bit, like you know, there are pretentious fucks like us that are like oh my yeah. god the sopranos it's so great it's so well written and plotted in the the you know the way they use the cinematography and the symbolism and all that or you could just be like i like crime shows i like violence and i'm going to watch that and that's us too like we're both of that uh, yeah. and and I, I think that's what's great about the show is you can kind of enjoy it on either level i mean i see a lot in like sopranos groups online that i'm in where people are like uh, i fast forward through all the melfi scenes Uh and it's just kind of like <laughs> yeah. uh okay i mean more power too you could do whatever you want but it's also like you're you're not really watching the show then uh but but the thing i love about david chase is that he has he doesn't have contempt for just those people he has contempt for everyone he has contempt for even some like people like us that have spent you know i guess coming up on two years now Uh, Every week getting together to discuss An episode of the show he made He's like ah you're you're wasting your time you idiots What's wrong with you Uh, Yeah I
0: was gonna say (laughs) do you think he has More contempt for us or the people who are Like the pretentious fucks or the people Who are just like oh fun crime show lots of crime I love it Uh, because we're both bad I don't know I
1: I feel like he doesn't really uh, Differentiate Yeah Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, And to do something like that let's talk About the The montage here because it's playing this, this song seven souls where it's, it's like this remix of uh, let me see, let me pull it up here. Uh, Yeah. It's like William S Burroughs reading and it's kind of over like a, like a funky beat or something. And, you know, there's definitely different breakdowns because they're talking about what, like the, talking about the ancient Egyptians postulated seven souls. Um, You know, the, the top soul, is death. Uh, uh, the moment of death is Ren, the secret name that corresponds to my director. He directs the film of your life from conception to death. And it seems like with the montage, when he mentions certain things, it's like cutting to specific characters. Um, yeah. David Chase would hate this, what we're doing right now. <laughs> or, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's some different breakdowns um, online. People have kind of gone over this quite a bit. Actually, let me just pull it up so I could take a look at it here uh, while we're talking about it. I mean, some people have, like... Because when he's talking about the director, it shows Janice. And we do see that Janice has a baby now. And she's been with Bobby because it has been, like, two years in the show's uh, life as well since the last time we've been there. Um, And then, you know, people want to theorize, well, Janice is more of, like, a stand-in or conjures up the memories of Livia uh, Tony's mother, of course. Um, and then I believe we see Eugene, uh, who who we've always seen in the background of Sopranos. And finally, he gets his big like uh, B-plot here, where we get to hang yeah. out with him more. Before this... <laughs> <laughs> Good joke. Before this, uh, we just knew him as the guy that beat the shit out of uh, Little Pauly for making a gay joke about him. Uh, he that's is right. that he is that guy. <laughs> uh, that's when they're talking about the second soul, the uh, Secum, the energy, the power, the light. Um, the uh, he, the second one off the sinking ship is Secum, the energy, power, light. The director gives the orders. sekem presses the right buttons. Um, mm. now one of the breakdowns is that Eugene is a button man in Tony's crew. He just follows orders. Follows orders from Tony, and as we learn, also not only just Tony, but from the FBI. I might be feeling a bit of like David Chase contempt for what we're doing <laughs> yes, right here Jim. yeah because yeah. like I'm gonna I'll do it qu- I'm just I'm- gonna do it quick but I get I I am complete agreement with you but go ahead
0: like I'll be honest When I'm watching this I'm like Oh that's kind of like That sunscreen song Like huh, oh, you should Wear a sunscreen <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dude it totally Remember is that like one? that Yeah <laughs> <laughs> So that was what I was thinking And then I was like Oh yeah This is and, and on the Wikipedia It says David Chase Wanted to use this For the pilot episode The very first episode And he used it here And he says it has A very foreboding uh, tone And touches Well cause... on Death and resurrection Exactly
1: Because you know. I think The biggest thing Like even Let's get out of this shit On what it goes on With the monster the biggest thing is, yes, it's about life and death. And yeah. going into the last season, because like, Sopranos has always been, in a way, about the end. Uh, I mean, of course, I mean in the pilot, he talks about how Tony talks about coming in at the end and coming in, you know, thought of, like, uh, America or the American dream. I'm sure there's a lot of great think pieces about Trump's America and Sopranos and how Tony Soprano would be a Trumper. Because uh, he's white America disappearing or whatever. There's great stuff I'm sure out there you can find like that. Uh, yeah. But yes, it just come, kind of comes down to death. And as we see, like there's a bunch of deaths in this episode, uh, and we're coming towards the end. And things do feel they do feel that way, like right from the jump. Even though there's like still 20 episodes or whatever left, it feels like we're heading towards the end.
0: Absolutely, and to underline that theme even more, they're talking about death, resurrection. Let's just have a a, a quick scene with the uh, Aiden. Let's uh, let's bring her back yes. in, you know. Yep. Um, and now they're like, "Fuck you, audience! <laughs> ah, you thought she was alive, huh? Because you didn't see pull trigger. Well, I'm gonna trick you all for a second. <laughs> like, you didn't get me, David. But like, <laughs> it's um, you know, a quick scene there in the house that uh, that Carmilla's building and. And Adriana's there smoking, and uh, Carmela takes her cigarette out of her hand, and then Adriana basically fades away as the music talks about the shadow, memory, Yeah, and Carmela talks about being scared all the time, and, and then wakes up and, like, she knows what's yeah. happened to her, Adriana. That's basically what we're supposed to take from that, I feel. Deep down, she knows.
1: Yeah, yeah, at this point, because I remember that's kind of why I, I – um... When we were discussing the finale, I kind of mentioned, like, does Carmela suspect something here? But it wouldn't make sense for her to suspect something that soon because it was a very normal thing for uh, Chris and A to break up, get back together, break up, get back together. But at this point, if it's been years yeah. and Adriana is still gone, like completely gone, okay, what happened?
0: Yeah, Exactly. And speaking of things that are gone, uh, Junior's having Tony dig in his backyard, talking about a hall from the seventies. Like his share is supposed to be buried out there, but he's kind of forgetting what he's talking about. And it's very indulgent of Tony to dig all these holes because it seems like he would know that it's not real after maybe I don't know the first hole.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe I'll give I mean, him three. I'll give him three holes. And th- but I guess. Like this, a lot of this is Tony still clinging to the idea that Junior's still Junior, when at this point he's yeah. not. And it's always been one of the saddest things uh, on The Sopranos is, you know, even though Junior is a criminal uh, murderer, but uh, he was he, such a great character and he really deteriorates because uh, they play with it such a long time. We talked about it in the other seasons where oh, is Junior doing this for the case? Are things really happening? Sometimes he's back. Sometimes he's on these magical meds and he's kind of Junior again. But uh, I like that they, they really lean into that it's been two years and it's like now he's kind of like a different person now.
0: Yeah, and you gotta admit that Tony does love burying treasure himself, so <laughs> the idea that he'd be happy digging it up, like, it seems like something Junior would do, it also seems like something Tony would do. He's like, did you wrap it up? It could have, you know, gone bad down there and gone away, because so he definitely thinks that could have happened. And uh, Janice shows up with Bobby and the new kid, because she was supposed to be there ages ago, but, yeah, Tony's all upset about that, upset about everything, and... Uh, yeah they get to talking about should they put him in a retirement community or sorry, nursing home, yeah or not,
1: <laughs> yeah assisted living um and yeah yeah should should that be a thing and now Tony is completely gone the other way, and as as was pointed out uh in the soprano session uh Tony's choice to put Livia or I mean he's even kind of called out in this episode the way he reads it is that his choice to put Livia in. Uh, a retirement home is what kind of pushed her to have him whacked and his decision here not to put junior in a retirement home gets him shot so there you go tony <laughs> you can't win
0: <laughs> yeah it is true um so we get to see as well that johnny sack is sort of running the show from his incarcerated state uh passing things through what's his face with the hair they forget phil um phil leotardo um and phil's phil as uh, tony comments on later he's old school he's gonna keep shit on lock he's buried the hatchet for for johnny's sake because johnny told him to so he's doing fairly well with this see that johnny's really excited to have his wife come visit and his wife's brother who might be in the episode a bit later
1: yes yeah then we then we kind of check in with eugene and we kind of hear this news, like he gives Tony a, a nice watch and he's, you know, he's hit the jackpot. He's got an inheritance. And kind of the first thing I yeah. think of is like, oh, Tony's going to think of a way to get this money. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really become a focus of it, but later on, it, there is a moment where G- Eugene's like, I almost forgot. I had to kick up your taste of the inheritance. And just the fact that Tony would get a taste is so gross to me, <laughs> like, but, hey, yeah. that's the life they chose. You took an oath. Um, and, yeah, he wants to move down to Florida and, you know, get get out of this life. He's, he's found maybe a possible way out. Tony's going to think about it. We'll see. Tony's going to think about it.
0: Yeah. In the moment, I can kind of believe that he is going to – I mean, he's going to think about it for sure. Or maybe he's not going to think about it at all and just leave it and then hope it goes away. Because in the moment when he's face-to-face with him, it's almost like, ah, Eugene, ah, Fuck, I I like you. I want you to be okay and be happy, like but hey, I could just have I could just have Silvio deal with this and then <laughs> not talk to him about it again and that'll be just as good for me, for Tony.
1: Yeah, and the thing, they do a really good job of, you know, Eugene's been there. Like you recognize him cuz he's he, he's been in the background, he's had lines here and there, not not a major storyline. But with the the short amount of time in this episode, I'm with you. I I'm rooting for him, uh, and yeah. it's a better choice than trying to Ralphie it and bring in like maybe a bigger name and act like this character's been around the whole time or something and play out this storyline. Uh, yeah. It's it's a smart use, and the, the the actor here does a great job. I know. I think we had mentioned in the past that. I believe James Gandolfini really liked this guy and initially kind of wanted him to be the Ralphie character, uh, like he kind of uh, campaigned a bit for him to try to do it. And I think they might have even shot some stuff, but it just didn't work out. And they went with uh, Joey Pants, who's great. Joey Pants is Ralphie. Uh, but it's nice that they that yeah. at least this dude got an episode to shine. Unlike the other guy that like died on the toilet uh in season three or whatever and remember we read his interview and he was yeah. kind of like oh man i wish i was like uh, uh around a little bit more i wish i got to do a little bit more on the on the show
0: they said it was all secret i didn't know what i was gonna do i thought it was gonna be a thing and i you know everyone gets to see me get killed on the crapper uh what am my elvis over here come on You know, um, yeah, gives him a big hug anyway, and he's gonna think about it. Eugene comes away hopeful from this first encounter, goes home, and talks about how uh, they're already uh, the realtor is sending uh, pictures of this house they're gonna get. It's all gonna be beautiful and idyllic. We do see he has some problems with his son, who talks back to him a lot, and uh, better not be on those uh, gosh darn weed drugs again.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and even like that quick moment where then he picks up a dish and like whips it off the wall. It's like. A nice reminder of even though we're seeing these moments when he's happy with his family and they, they have this prospect of, you know, getting out of this life, he's still kind of that guy. Uh, yeah. So And
0: their reaction speaks, uh, you know, it speaks a lot because yeah. they barely react. She just is used to this and, and the baby girl, she just lowers her face in her mother's uh, bosom and it's yeah. so sad.
1: Yes. Yeah. Then we got Tony and Car- Carmela living it up eating some sushi which tony's eating sushi like this whole episode uh and i guess so great they (laughs) kind of great and so gross (laughs) yeah because i mean they do talk about well they talk about aid but he talks about how like we're more than lucky so i guess uh, yeah are we reading that he's had great year or great like since we've last checked in with him they're doing even better i mean i guess that's kind of the case because she even gets a new car and all this shit Did
0: you not see the Stugats 2? That's true. Yeah,
1: you're right. The Stugats 2. Okay, yeah. It's all there. Yeah. uh,
0: That's part of what they're doing, and it's also because it is a great choice because sushi is not meant to be something you get so full on you're about to burst, you know? You're (laughs) supposed to have, like, a little... Like, uh, you can get full off it, of course, but the fact that they're at... They're at a place that is very super exclusive and finest ta- tastes, and they they flew it in first class. The fish, fresh, as he says. But then it's like, uh, keep them coming. Like we're just, it's, we're gonna turn this this uh, beautiful arch of food into an all-you-can-eat buffet. We're gonna Americanize <laughs> the shit out of this, and and like he's gonna go there over and over and just. I was kinda sad later on, much like Carmilla when he's there on his own just yeah. like eating away until he's like burping and standing on the scales and um and he's uh gaining weight and it's like is that all sushi weight? Like that would be so expensive. So it is an expression of uh, both of those things, I'd say.
1: Yeah, just gorging yourself on sushi. And then Tony's doing his thing where, you know, Carmilla's bringing up Adrian and of course he doesn't want to talk about it, so he just keeps kind of talking about the fish and the sushi and, oh, is this, is this got a spicy sauce on it? Oh, what is this one? Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And then from there, we, we see uh, Hesh and, I guess, Jerry's his, his son-in-law, I believe. They're in the city. Uh, and they get the shit kicked out of them by, I guess, a couple of Phil's guys. And, you at first, I was kind of confused yeah. I'm like, wait, was that Eugene's son, one of the big dudes? Just because it was like uh, Eugene's son seemed like a big strapping young man. And I thought it was somehow tying in. But no, just some other goon. Uh, and I don't even really know the specifics of what, what went on here, where they thought Jerry was someone else, or they thought Hesh was some. They didn't know Hesh was Hesh or something. Either way, he ends up in the hospital. Hesh takes like a, a punch to the face as well. He's got a bandage on his nose. And, you know, it's causing more drama for Tony Soprano.
0: Yeah, Hesh, uh, they say later that Hesh has some money, like, on the street in Brooklyn or whatever. And Phil Leotardo doesn't like that, but they think, like, the son-in-law is doing it. But I don't know if he is or not.
1: Yeah, Um, because I got the impression in the hospital when they're talking about it that this guy Jerry is technically not involved, but they just... I guess they saw a Jewish guy and they thought he was a Shylock. Oh, it is also hilarious that he stumbles out in the road and gets hit by a taxi that just keeps driving. (laughs) It bashes him and doesn't stop. keeps going. Uh, Just add insult to injury. Yet another, like, innocent person that gets, like, it's always the innocent people that get the most fucked up in these situations besides, like, a Ralphie who gets his head cut off or whatever, you know? Yes,
0: very true um so we we get to see everyone just hanging out having a regular good old time uh outside satrielli's and uh yeah we we see phil Diotardo coming out from the shop there i mean we also have to mention the Vito's like lost weight and now oh, he's yeah. part of like a weight loss uh program advertising campaign or something so that's kind of fun. Um, and he—it's mentioned—is like he's a big earner now, and because everyone just keeps dying, so uh, he's higher up now in the whole organization. Um, it's obvious that our boy Christopher is also—he—he he seems to be. There's not that much uh, mob stuff going on there, but uh, he seems to be Tony's right hand man, as Tony has always sort of wanted. I mean, Silvio's there as well, of course, but that's kind of the thing. Do we even see? Um, Paulie Walnuts in this like is he in this
1: uh oh I believe we see him at one point in oh actually maybe we don't in this episode uh I forget offhand if if so it's just yeah passing thing um he
0: might be at the funeral maybe yeah Yeah, he's at the funeral later
1: uh but yeah because Chris I believe last we had checked he was kind of like an acting captain but now it's kind of you know spelled out that he's for sure he's a captain and yeah he's kind of Tony's right-hand man um Phil shows up he's acting boss uh, then we see Agent Harris again and his partner and it's kind of it's it's just fun that like you know they still have their rapport I mean there is some yeah. weird shots where Vito's always kind of walking off with, uh, with Phil so I don't know if we're supposed yeah. to kind of be worried about this here Tony doesn't seem too concerned which is interesting because usually in the past whenever it was like someone talking to Johnny or someone talking to whatever and then Tony's like oh what's going on here Um, but I I like the rapport he has with agent Harris, but, and you know, as a sign that the world's changing, they're more concerned with terrorism now rather than this organized crime that's going on in Jersey. It seems kind of small potatoes at this point.
0: Yeah, and of course we remember the big thing with the shipping containers that Tony was all surprised about <laughs> yeah. uh, that they could like put in a nuke or whatever. So I bet he's like, "Oh yeah, go on, get get him!" Like because uh, Christopher's like, "Fucking wish that parasite eats his ass out or something," <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> and Tony's like, "I kind of feel bad for the guy. I kind of like, hey, we're, we're enemies technically, but we're gentlemen, you know, gentlemen yeah. enemies."
1: Yeah, and plus, I mean, hey, he just needs a Satrielli's hero. He's been fiending. Um, Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's great because the fact that he would do that, but whenever we're, like, behind the, you know, scenes at Satrielli's, it looks like a shithole. So, yeah, Yeah. who would eat there? But then again, people go to barbecue shacks that are just literal shacks and some of the greatest barbecue you ever had. So who knows? Uh, true,
0: and people have gotten chopped up uh, in the back there, as yeah. we remember from the pilot. So, so yeah, a great FBI place to hang out and get your meats. Um, speaking of the back of Satralis, I guess that's where we are when we get a call. Uh, Tony picks up the phone. It's Hesh, and he runs over to the hospital. We get to meet his daughter, I don't think. I'm not sure she's been in it before. But uh, but yeah, Hesh is distraught. He's yelling at Christopher. He's yelling, yelling all all sorts of things, and we get a bit of a handle on things. And this is obviously an unnecessary complication for Tony. That no one—it is a misunderstanding in a way. But yeah, Tony really doesn't want to deal with this, to be honest.
1: Well, it's it's so funny when because Hesh is telling the story because he's like, they we came out of like we got Chinese food or a Chinese restaurant, and then, you know, then we got beat up, and then Chris goes, Chinks did this. (laughs) <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's so stupid uh you know he's casually racist of course but the fact that he kind of he I, I don't know he's just not paying attention and he just yeah. picks up that he thinks that the people at the chinese restaurant beat them up and of course yeah it does anger hash because he's already you know angered angry about what happened uh and yeah you need tony to we need to talk to the guy with the hair because when they're saying the guy with the hair they mean phil obviously right
0: yeah yeah um so what do they say that hesh says i got some money on the street over there it got back to phil's guy uh jerry wait yeah jerry uh turquiano and that's the hairdo i guess um maybe not phil oh i think what they're
1: saying yeah okay yeah yeah i think you're right because yeah he's he's with some other guy when they have kind of a like a sit down where they discuss it right and he's the guy with the hair
0: and Hesh says that he, the hair dude, claims he felt Eli was uh, an independent, shy, as he said, trying to poach his customers. So, uh, so that's why things got a bit out of hand. And yeah, he looks he looks proper proper messed up. Um, and Hesh apologizes at the end of the scene that it's kind of like, yeah, Tony has to deal with this somehow.
1: <laughs> uh, then yeah, then we check in with Carmilla and her dad, uh, getting they're at the spec house, getting it inspected. And, um, yeah, it's fucked up. They, uh, he's an old man. He used the wrong shit. He thinks he has connections or he thinks that Tony has connections and they can somehow just bypass this in- inspection or get it rubber stamped. But uh, clearly things are not going well uh, for this spec house, which is supposed to be the start of a new, you know, uh, rekindling of the marriage. But the house is rotten. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder what that mm. means, Jacob. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um. I'm so annoyed by this scene. Just <laughs> imagining being in this situation, having put together all the bones of this house, and then it's yeah. like, I'd recommend starting uh, over with the proper lumber. And imagine being Carmilla telling him, like, yeah. having told him a bunch of times, it's gotta be the right tree, the the yeah. right wood. Come on. And and he's like, ah. Oh this guy would have fixed it, but he's retired. Ah, it's fucking, in my day, they'd turn a blind eye. And it's like, oh, you didn't consider doing it proper the first time (laughs) around. It was so annoying because it ends with him like, ah, you said we were going to be partners. Not to hell with this. No good deed goes unpunished. And she's just there Annoyed. And we saw her here with Adriana, the ghost of Adriana. We have sort of the plastic sheets in the wind, kind of like ghost-like. And oh, yeah. the shell of the house, as you said, is the shell of their house uh, and their marriage. Oh, symbolism. It's so great.
1: It really is. It really is great stuff. And yeah, just the fact that it, and just the way her dad's reacting, because it is – we've all had that moment where someone else is clearly in the wrong but they're acting yeah. like they did you a favor <laughs> or something because they just don't want to take the blame. Uh, which is great because then it ties in kind of a little bit to uh, the next scene. We got Tony and the crew at Vesuvio's uh, and I like they're, they're kind of making comments at Vesuvio's I guess is going downhill. Uh, cause yeah. well, yeah, Polly's in this scene actually cause Polly asked for menus, but then Chris is like, are you serious? We know that menu. Uh, I guess that's kind of a backhanded comment, like you haven't even updated your menu in years. This fucking bread tastes like cement or whatever. Um but we have Tony doing his woe is me shit because he can't really he doesn't want to go directly to Phil, but he wants to get some sort of back channel to Johnny and he's gonna have to talk to uh Ginny's brother, who's maybe Ugats uh but it, i love that it ends with him being like what i can't catch a fucking break and then a nice <sighs> comical cut he catches a break which is great
0: oh when the rat dies yeah I when, his name. yeah raymond <laughs> uh
1: raymond keels over as he's like here's a tape a uh, tony talking about a murder and you know it's kind of muffled but let me give you the detail and then he just keels over and uh, he's <laughs> dead
0: Yeah, I'll support it in court. Um, Yes, I mean, I will say also of his thing that Christopher has commented on before. Why is he always complaining about how bad he has it? Yes. When he's up to here with sushi and, like, he's got the new boat and everything. It is fairly uh, annoying. I would compare it to, say, like... Um, someone who someone who always complains about never having money, but you know they earn a lot more money than you do. Oh, yeah, we all know those people yeah. right. Yeah, and they're like, oh, it's so hard, woe is me.' And then we're probably those people to other people as well. So it's a circle of life over here. But Tony is at the top of the circle. He is the Lion King, uh, the Simba of this whole equation. Yeah, I watched the Lion King. It's on my mind. Don't mm-hmm. don't. Let's not worry about it. Um. Yes. Yeah, so so he's always complaining about it. He's never happy, and so much of the show is actually about that. But as you say, he catches a break. Cue another funeral.
1: Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's just a great comedic cut to a guy having a heart attack or a stroke or whatever it is when he dies and then cuts. And then another great cut to just his funeral <laughs> and, and, it, and then great moments where they're kind of uh, like, there's all these comments of like, you know, I get all these people turning rat, not like this great guy over here. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Well, you know what else we get for the first time in this, but not the last time in this episode. Uh, we got to pump that counter up though. Oh, that's, that's right. Yes. Hitting yeah. the dust.
1: Uh, let me this go ahead, pull like up my counter real quick. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. Ah,
0: gotcha!
1: oh, yes. Uh, and, and, wow, we've gotten to the episode, and we get to hear it, like, three times in this episode. Right now, we're currently at, what, 54, correct? That
0: is correct. We have 54 deaths, and how many countouts? Uh, 16 still. 16
1: walkouts, um... And yeah, I mean, because Raymond's been around for, forever as well. Uh, I do like that this whole episode is kind of breaking down the FBI. It's definitely them kind of shedding this of being like, ah, this is going nowhere. Who gives a fuck. Let's just uh, let's get this wrapped up real quick and get get the FBI out of here.
0: <laughs> yes, very true. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what's going on. So we we also have. Um, Let's see, what else happens at this funeral? Was there anything else of note uh, before we well, move on from that? I,
1: they do mention Dick Barone also died, but I guess that doesn't count for the counter, does it? Who's Dick Barone? I believe um, he was the guy with the hat. He was also, because he was also another um, informant. Because uh, they mention, let me pull it up real quick. He actually, yeah, because he worked at Barone Sanitations. And that's where like Tony has his like fake job. Uh, uh, oh, you know what? He wasn't he wasn't the guy with the hat actually, because I was thinking he was the other informant. Um, okay, but no, he was just basically we only we saw him in the episode where Tony went to his office because remember Tony was bored, but he had to like hold up appearances. Right. Um, yes. So we kind of really only saw, we only saw him in well he was in the pilot. House In the episode House Arrest and the episode Night and White Saddling Armor. But we don't see his dead body. They just mention that he died a painful death <laughs> of Lou Gehrig's well, disease.
0: Yeah, though he has been in the show, Jim. I'm not That's sure. True. I feel like um, usually when we don't count a death, it's like uh, they, we've not seen them before in the show, stuff like that. He is in three episodes.
1: So, yeah. I, th- if, uh, I think he goes up yeah. then.
0: I think he goes up as well. Actually. All right, let's let's, let's throw it.
1: another one on the old Barbie. Let's
0: do let's, it. Yeah. Gotcha, <laughs> <out of> Malanga. <laughs> I'll be honest. I just want to maximize the amount of times we get to hear that. So this episode's so that is 55 uh, deaths now in The Sopranos. Um, so I believe it's uh, at the funeral as well that he gets his little taste from Eugene, um, and Eugene kind of pushes a little bit more, and then we get to see the tension at home as uh he eugene says to his wife oh he's still thinking about it I'll, i'm working on it it's fine and then we find out they've already made an offer on the house and yeah it's uh tensions are rising
1: yeah and it really is kind of like i'm just thinking the whole time like i get why they're excited and they want to Push for this house, but it's like, oh my God, please! You're just like you're jinxing yourself. If I could be superstitious, um, I will say a uh, quick thing that happens at the funeral. We meet Chris's sponsor, and he kind of just has like a fun line, uh, and he's just there. Uh, oh, we do see Rusty again, who doesn't, you know, he still kind of has beef with Phil, but he's there. Uh, that's the guy that was kind of pushing for the war with little Carmine. Uh, but yes, then back with Eugene and his family. They're still kind of waiting on Tony, but they really want to get out of this life and move to, you know, might as well be heaven. Heaven, Oh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Heaven is a place on Earth. Florida.
0: Right. Uh, Florida seems like a shithole from every television (laughs) and movie thing I've ever seen, Jim. Uh, Why do people keep (laughs) wanting to move there? Are they just shit people? (laughs) Again, this is, I say this, I can understand that this might come off as, uh, you know, I am a foreigner coming here with my dirty opinions but like your television and movies and news told me this jim it's not like i came up with it out of nowhere it's just something that keeps getting communicated to me and i don't know what to do with that information and why do people want to go there i don't get it yeah i I guess guess it's
1: just sunny florida i mean there are parts that are nice but yeah i i I agree uh then we tony has to leave the funeral because they have to go gorge themselves on sushi again because he can't deal with this right now he needs sushi uh, yep. and and then this uh, as they're leaving he surprises uh, Carm with the new Porsche because uh, yeah they're doing great even though Tony's complaining
0: yeah and Tony's uh, you know we gotta take this as a, a, fa- a sign that he's really in the green because at other times he's barely wanted to you know cough up any money although granted that was when they were having more conflicts in the old marriage but still it's like here's a new car uh, I guess he did try to do this to meadow didn't really work out uh, but, yeah, Carmela's excited. She she does manage to throw in as she's super excited. Like, I mean, I still wish you would have talked to the guy at the building commission, but, oh, this <laughs> car is amazing. It's, like, such great delivery of that line. Yeah.
1: Uh, then what we have, um, quick quick, uh, quick! scene at the house where, you know, AJ's there. We saw him in the montage. She's got long hair now. I guess he's taking college. He's in college. Uh, But something going on, what he's going to, he's going to loan out this jacket to his friend. And Tony kind of tells him, you need to, you need to focus on family, you know, friends or whatever. It's family that you can count on.
0: Yeah, because he's saying that you're never going to get that jacket back. Um, Meadow's also applying for something, uh, a law firm internship or or something. Yeah. Yeah. And Tony set it up, I guess. So I'm sure that's not a shady law firm at all. Um, and, yeah, he talks about how family is the only thing you can count on. Hilarious in contrast to the end of the episode. And we get into the therapy scene, um, which we did hear a bit of at the start. Do you want to expand on what else is in this scene that we didn't get to in the clip at the start?
1: Uh, yeah, because, well, first he talks about, you know, uh, he sees the circle jerk of life in action. Because mm. he, you know, he sees a baby in a ca- being pushed in a carriage crossing the street and they cross by an old lady in the wheelchair and then he makes the comment that it's the circle jerk of life uh and it ties into what's going on with uncle junior and melfi gets into how it's interesting that melfi would kind of get into this mother stuff again because it's it's it it's good stuff but it does feel very uh tv stuff where they're referencing yeah. early things and tying it into what's happening now. And especially because this is, you know, the start of the final season. So we need to kind of bring it all home, tie it back with uh, season one. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. I like, I like what she brings up. And it's again, like he's still avoiding this idea that his mother did try to have him killed. Uh, I like when she brings up the the pillow thing and yeah. how he was gonna smother her, and he's like, "What? I just was trying to keep my hands busy. <laughs> I wasn't gonna yeah. do that." Uh, so it's you know we see that Tony's in even more denial. It's so weird to think that it's been another two years that we didn't see of this of this therapy thing uh, mm-hmm. because it is becoming less and less useful. Uh, not like not to the show, not in the vein of like I fast forward through all the Melfi scenes, but Tony is really not gonna get better. Uh, I don't I don't see him. He's not gonna get any epiphany or enlightenment out of this, uh, except maybe for his crime. But even then, I don't think he's learning anything from his crime anymore either. But she makes up the great point that it's more about uh, blaming yourself for pushing your mother or your uncle to go to that length to to possibly kill you rather than accept the fact that she didn't value you i believe is like her line that she says so just you know maybe she didn't love you or think you were special rather than thinking that just think oh i did something wrong and i pushed someone like typical kind of abusive like a victim of abuse behavior i imagine
0: yeah uh yeah like you said it is weird and hilarious that he uh genuinely doesn't seem to remember that he tried to kill his mother with a pillow <laughs> and uh, wanted that whole thing to go down. But no, I was just holding on to it to, to sort of, oh, I needed to hold on to something. And similarly, he, he he's telling this story to himself about how family is the most important thing, and he's telling the story to his son, and it's great to have it punctured like the big balloon that it is by the end of the episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Because and again, we have to be—we're sort of reminded here, of course, that Junior tried to kill him before, and with the uh, with Olivia's, uh, you know, help or whatever. So, yeah, all all good stuff, I'd say.
1: Uh, then we got classic Tony. Uh, he's over at Ginny's brothers. I mean, I guess it's probably not his shop. I don't know. He works at a. Glasses or sunglasses shop, and it's great because in the background, like you see Silvio and Polly like trying on different shades. Chris is trying on shades, uh, Tony's like asking what might be good, and of course, he kind of points to the Armani. Uh, I mean, they're talking about other stuff, but I just love all this stuff that's happening. And then Tony has to be like, Ah, my wallet's in the car, you know, I'll get you next time. But the basic thing is, he's working this back channel, uh, trying to get some messages to John. About some of the the stuff they're dealing with with Phil, uh, in regards to the hash hash situation.
0: Yes, exactly, and the message is pretty much delivered. Johnny Sack is like, "Well, you go fucking talk to Phil, and I don't want to deal with this bullshit." <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess he he, he still got to do it. It was mentioned um, earlier there that uh, he's like, oh, "I'm getting contacts for the trial. I don't want to look weak up there reading documents with classes um which is like to say that it's been a while in showtime but we still haven't gotten to a trial as uh as is often the case i imagine especially in these big cases um but yeah he he's about to tell him to fuck off but he gets to see some pictures there from is that like his daughter's birthday party or something yeah i, don't know I think it's is. i think
1: they it's uh like a baby sho- it's either a baby shower or a wedding shower um yeah yeah and I mean, we see we see it even on display more overtly in a later scene, but we're seeing how Tony's doing so well and Johnny is not. I mean, partially because we, we kind of saw the whole rigmarole with Junior. Now all your money is going towards lawyers and building your case. And, you know, they mentioned that he might have to sell his Maserati. We know how much he loved that car. We saw a whole, like, segments of him talking about it. Uh, and just the fact that Chris is kind of sniffing around and he might buy it, like it's showing so much how being the boss and being this lightning rod, like, I guess it was one of the best choices Tony made of letting junior be that person, uh, because it really kind of knocks you down a peg or two. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, we see it later on when, when, when Carmela gets to show up with her new car to take Ginny out. Uh and then they kind of play a nice little they play that on its year later on when we see Angie Sarah with her own corvette but she did it on her own cuz she's a strong-ass woman.
0: That's right. Um so uh Phil does show up at uh the Bing, I think. Uh yeah, the Bing. Um, to sort of squash things, they go outside because I guess all you gotta do to avoid any potential wiretaps <laughs> is be outside the building you're always at. I'm sure that would always work. um so they're they're saying they gotta squash this thing. they got the guy Oh, the hair is there. he's yeah got, there's the hair he, he, he looks he does look pretty similar to to Phil Leotardo, but blonde, so he does. <laughs> It makes sense. His nickname does make sense. And we get to see, like, one, at least one of the goons who was there in the, in the beat-up who gets to interrupt and go, like, for the record, the car thing was a hit-and-run. <laughs> like, if I get matters. Um, Tony negotiates, like, 25. That's nothing. And, and um, uh, Leotardo's like, oh, what do you want, then? And then, it's like, they, they settle it pretty quickly uh, and efficiently and go with uh, 50. Uh, 50k for that for pain and suffering and everything and they also lay out something that was discussed earlier in the episode between johnny and phil that they need to get the um, something some new building thing settled and they split that differently than they did before i guess 65 35 um i don't know which side gets the majority i don't know what's going on but i through context i get that Christopher thinks they're being fucked over, um, and uh, Tony tells him, "Nah, it's a strategy. It's all a stretch, my boy."
1: Yeah, because and I guess because it when he says that, it doesn't seem like a great strategy, but I guess it must be working because as we've talked about, a lot of this episode is about how well Tony's doing. So I guess just kind of keeping the peace and kind of seemingly making these deals, it is working out. Uh, it's interesting that, um, well, actually before that, I do want to call out. I like the moment that at the start of it, they're talking about how he's being passive aggressive. Like he shows up late. Cause I yeah. fucking, I've been, I've been dealing with other people now that kind of have money. And I feel like that's such a thing that people do where it's like set an appointment or a meeting. And then they're like, like right before they're like, Oh, give me like 10 minutes. And it's like such a power, like shitty move but whatever that, that, that's just real life uh, Well, if
0: that's a power <laughs> thing i do it all the time oh, have you, loads of money no you totally holy do shit <laughs> th- i'm just bad at planning
1: <laughs> don't please uh, don't think i have money anyone <laughs> uh but the other thing i wanted to bring up it's so interesting how the 50k becomes not a big deal because on this show we've seen them geek out over like eight thousand dollars sometimes yeah. and like the whole thing with the seats and the car and, and all that like sometimes when they feel like it uh like five grand is a lot of money and then other times when they're like hey 25 well how about 50k Uh that's fine it, it is great how like nonchalant and how it's not a big deal i think even it's like now for more pressing matters like stuff that actually matters not some bullshit
0: yeah and interestingly like the it felt like probably a good move from uh phil's part because like I'll, I'll agree to whatever you want for the whole settlement, because that's a one-time thing, but this 65-35 split, that's positive for us, and that's going to be obviously a lot more money for everyone involved on our side of things, and for Tony, it's like, well, he's like, we get to squash the thing with Hesh, which I didn't really want to have to fucking deal with, and hey, if it's 35 or 40 or 30, like, it's not a big difference to me, I'm still rolling in it, so, uh, he does say, like, it's a strategy they've got a lot of soldiers like yes. his strat by strategy. He means like they're big and scary and I don't want to fucking deal with it, <laughs> which is fair enough. But uh, Christopher's point of view of like, I'm not scared of them also kind of makes sense from a machismo uh, sort of mob mentality. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Tony knows what he's doing with this one. He doesn't, he can't even handle one old man. How is he going to deal with 200 uh, soldiers? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then we have Eugene trying to get some feelers out from Chris to see where Tony might be going one way or another, and uh, I'm imp- I'm pretty impressed with Chris, uh, Christopher here using this situation for his own personal gain. It's a very Tony Soprano move here, uh, yeah. where like he basically uses Eugene for this hit that he probably didn't want to do or deal with, but he sees an opportunity. He knows Eugene wants something so he can kind of dangle that carrot and use it to his advantage uh where eugene basically has to go up to boston and take somebody out for him
0: yeah which i wasn't paying particular attention to the context of what was going on there but uh in between this and the actual hit we see tony on his own in the sushi place gorging himself (laughs) away burping his way through roll after roll and we also get to see some ancient uh, computer technology as Eugene and his <laughs> wife are. They're all—they're getting on again, looking at these pictures, being all excited about they, they've got the house or they made a counter offer or whatever. So, yeah, good good stuff. Well, it's all going to work out great for Eugene and co.
1: Yeah, Eugene's even shown some negotiation skills like knock off uh, two grand for the wiring. And then they're like, hey, you know, hey, you guys can ask for whatever you want. And it's like, oh, he's in control. He knows what he's doing it's all gonna work out for him uh we have a hilarious scene then when and I get this kind of pays off later because we have Tony weighing himself and he's gotten fatter and I wonder like you know how do you broach that with an actor like did did they tell him to gain weight or James Gandolfini probably just naturally gained weight and they're like oh great this is awesome we could use this uh we want to have a scene where it's about how fat you are. And, you know, he's taking his shoes off and he's taking his pants off. And, I mean, this kind of comes into play because he's dragging himself through the house when he gets shot later. And we know he's a 280-pound 200, uh, burly man, and uh, he's doing that with a bullet in his gut. Uh, so you, there you go. And And in his breathing, I feel unless I'm just noticing it more now it's kind of off the charts at this point like it's getting it's getting more of a character now in season six right
0: well it's always been there as it's it's like much like the soprano house or the bear in the backyard the breathing has always been a central feature here of the show uh, but yeah I see what you mean with the breathing uh, as far as approaching it with the actor like yes it the thing is, they could have had the scene at the start of the last season. I wouldn't have questioned it because he's always been a big guy. He doesn't yeah. even take off his shirt at this point, so you know they, they could sell it if they wanted to. But they could also be, you know, I don't know. It just probably worked out fine. Probably worked out okay there. With the um, I actor feel like that. he's bigger.
1: So, maybe I'm remembering. Maybe I'm just yeah. remembering it wrong. But I feel because especially the last shot, like the last shot of him, uh, and like he looks really big uh, because it's like his face just laid out on the floor. Uh, but then again, I don't know, because I, I know Gandolfini would be the type of actor if they were like, hey, can you gain more weight for this? He would. Or yeah. I also know Gandolfini was at least not that I know. I don't know him personally. But what from what I read about him, like hey, he was someone that w- wasn't ashamed to love his food and love his cigars and his booze and stuff. So he, he could just been a natural progression. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And uh speaking of loving food there, Carmela is all excited to go to the sushi place and he says he reluctantly says they kind of that he just went and uh, she's annoyed not because he went she thinks he went with someone else and he didn't uh, but because like that was our thing like we were we always went there. it's uh, no big deal whatever. I kind of get it yeah <laughs> From no your I point get you it. it's like. You don't even have to go there to gorge yourself. It's like it also does make it a less interesting experience if this thing where you're having the first class meal, you just do it for your lunch in the middle of the day or whatever, <laughs> and not It's not even a thing. He's getting so accustomed to the you know having a fancy boat and that that he's gonna be miserable anyway because it's the new norm. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a little bit annoying. Uh, he asks how the car is. She's like, mm, yeah, great. Car yeah. Now it's kind uh, of, eh,
1: and <laughs> you know, it's a car, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, and these are the problems that we deal with when we're a soprano, and then we're Eugene again, and we have to go in and shoot someone in the head um, for I don't know, not paying, not paying his dues or whatever it was uh was it final final warning or whatever uh christopher said that it was
1: yeah it's past the point of like going in and roughing someone up for some money or the collections or whatever it might be it's uh yeah head shooting time uh and they're in boston you can tell because you hear on the radio they're like oh the boston celtics uh, scored this <laughs> many points uh, yeah. uh but it's a classic mob hit. comes in like three in the head drops the gun at the scene and walks out Uh, But I mean this guy counts Because we see his death Even though we don't know Who this guy is But we gotta throw another one Up on the old counter We gotta Uh, throw it up Let's do it
0: (laughs) That's Uh, 56 deaths everybody And we get a scene In the car ride home Where he's got A little speck of blood On his cheek And he's trying to Wipe it away Trying to wipe it away Much like the Windscreen wipers Trying to wipe the rain away Gets the blood All over the map He's using Ah, symbolism, Jim. It gets me so hard.
1: Yeah, yeah. And in and, and in in most like lesser shows, this would just be the setup of like we tied you to the murder, Eugene. You ain't getting out now, and then like Eugene is the new Adriana or whatever. But no, it's just yeah, they're just it's it's yeah. symbolism. He's got blood on his hands and uh you know, it's just a just another thing for him. Uh then we have the scene I'd referenced earlier where Carmilla uh, shows up at Ginny's kind of trying to do a nice thing, maybe take her out because all the stuff they're dealing with, but she doesn't answer the phone anymore because creditors and bill collectors are calling all the time. But Carmela's like, Hey, I got a new Porsche. Let's go to the spa. Um, I think there's not really much else to that. It's just kind of just, Hey, look how great we're doing and how shitty you're doing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so we then also have in the back there of uh, um, there <laughs> Vito's talking about how, you know, God forbid, if Tony ever had a heart attack, he should really come with me and do some <laughs> exercise. God forbid. But uh, he gets called out of the to move his car silvio takes the opportunity to point out hey that whole florida thing not really gonna pan out and he's like but i just did this thing he's like not my department
1: <laughs> well it the great thing he has to move his car because he's parked in the handicapped spot <laughs> and it's a handicapped <laughs> judge that's showing up and is like he's here again uh, and it's like he's a judge move your fucking car and yeah it's just a little hilarious little moment and yet i mean a few times whenever you see video veto um, Unless maybe I'm thinking of the next episode I don't know But uh, I know Vito's always talking about how things might happen to Tony uh, And it's just kind of weird He does come in yeah.
0: He basically comes in at the end of the scene here Because uh, Sylvia leaves and Eugene That's is right, there yes. like distraught And Vito comes in and just talks in the background And says like Maybe it's for the best or something And you think he's talking to Eugene but he's not He's still talk- continuing the conversation he had Before this huge turning point <laughs> in Eugene's life <laughs>
1: Yeah, cuz he's just he he's just talking about how he could be like you never know, he's doing so great. If something happened to Tony, maybe he could be maybe Vito could be the boss. Uh but yeah, it's really it's uh heartbreaking for poor Eugene. He can't get he can't get his way. Uh he can't get out of this life. This is what we're all stuck in. Um he took an oath and I like that they hold the FBI thing till later. Yeah. Because it's even more so like you're stuck, like because he's trying to explain to his wife, uh, like because also all his like explanations make sense or things that I've thought of. It's like, oh, well, what if his family just lived down there and then he comes down when he can or, you know, even though that would be a horrible idea Uh, or they find a nice house in Jersey near Tony or maybe maybe they check back in in a year. Like that's all stuff I'm thinking and there may be feasible in a weird way like a long shot kind of way but then when you throw in the whole thing with the feds it's just kind of like ah you're fucked everyone controls your life but you there's nothing you can do about yeah. it
0: yeah the shit thing there as well is if he if he did like be a wit if he was a witness and when it's a witness protection like even if he'd have to be anonymous or whatever that would still be his money like it wouldn't it wouldn't go away necessarily because he would be a witness. Yeah. So could have worked out so many different ways, <laughs> but no, uh, not really. And uh, speaking of being stuck with things, uh, Tony's out on the Stugats 2, uh, Stugats the second, and uh, gets a call from, is her name Barbara?
1: No? Yeah, I think yeah, it's Barb, maybe. right? That's his other sister. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, that he has, he has to basically come back and take care of Junior He's acting all manic today. He throws his phone, and he's annoyed, even though he's got his huge boat and all his sushi and cars. He's still so mad all the time. Uh, I mean, Bobby hilariously has taken up model railway uh, thing <laughs> yeah. as a hobby, and he has a hat, and Tony shows up, and he's still got the hat. Ah, uh, This is a great scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, because Janice is already kind of yelling at him about it because they have to go to this appointment or something for preschool because it it is a class this is a classic suburban tv show thing where and i'm I'm sure it's based on real life where it's like oh you know your baby's 18 months or 12 or a year or whatever you got to start getting on these waiting lists now or you got to find your in for the good schools uh and then yeah tony arrives he's annoyed because now he has to maybe take care of junior why are they not doing it and bobby is yeah gluing his awesome model trains and he's wearing his conductor hat uh it's great stuff
0: yeah and uh so so carmilla was going out with Ginny earlier and now she's going out with what's her name why can't i Angie. Why can't i do names yeah going out with her. And Artie gets to be there and go like, did you hear me and Charmaine are getting back together? Like, yeah, sure you are. That'll be great, I'm sure. Um, And yeah, like you mentioned, she has her own car. Camilla kind of does, but it's not her own car. But then the body shop is not probably not super legit anyway. I mean, maybe a little bit. Um, So, you know, ill-gotten gains all around, I say.
1: Yeah, I think um, it just comes down to either way. Even if she's involved in some sort of crime, which she is... It's just, it's still her money because it, it's still coming up. Because especially with the Ginny situation, Carmilla is constantly reminded that if something happens, she's kind of fucked, uh, and there's yeah. nothing she could really do about it. Uh, and then yeah, we have kind of that scene we were talking about before, where Eugene is kind of pleading and coming up with different ideas. I mean, it does make a great point because when she like shows that uh, the son's now like like heroin needles or something. I mean Florida at least from what the media will tell, tells me it is a cesspool of drugs so <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that is that is kind of uh yeah first of uh the heartbreaking scenes we see with him where he's like um he's like fi- coming up with all these excuses and or reasons and she shows the spoon and the needle and he's like his heart is breaking but then he goes like I'll show you this house in Jersey, you know, it'll be like the, there's drugs down there as well and like you you're, you're going to love it. And I assume she doesn't know about the FBI thing because he yeah. doesn't seem like the kind of guy to share that. So when she's like he's a piece of shit, why are you defending him? Like he knows stuff that she doesn't know, but he's trying and he's so full of anger and he'll throw a bowl and maybe he's not the best husband or the father, but like he's trying.
1: <sighs> well, it's so, just yeah. It's amazing, too, because it's like Tony was such a long shot. But say Tony did say, hey, you know what? Good for you. Uh, you give me six months. We'll line up a replacement. You, you start to build your life down in Florida. He would have then went to the FBI and said, like, I'm going. And they would have been like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, it's like he really is fucked. Uh, and you just you can't get out of this life. Then we got Junior sitting in the dark missing his uppers like just kind of like sucking on his gums uh when tony arrives and yeah it's just it's it's just creepy immediately like even before stuff happens because he's kind of sitting alone it's sad uh and he kind of like you know he does know it's tony but he's still talking about what like pussy malanga and how people might come to get him or something or other but then what tony's gonna make food and what does he say i have a banana in there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he said yeah. something, something ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, this next scene, Eugene uh, comes up uh, upstairs, I guess, with a new bright idea. We're going to get a, a condo or something down there. We're going to move you and the kids down and maybe I'll follow. Tony could be gone in like six months, a year. So this seems like it's about uh veto maybe talking about that putting that idea in his head but it's yeah. obviously more than that he gets a call and of course we assume it's a it's a mob call because that's the sort of thing that happens but then as soon as we cut away we see these two cars like oh shit it's gonna be the fbi again and they get to tell him that uh, florida is just one of these things that you gotta accept isn't happening
1: <laughs> yes and especially like we have Adriana's handler again and we know what happened with Adriana um, and at this yeah. point she must know what happened with Adriana. We saw her in an earlier scene with Raymond uh, just about to make a great breakthrough <laughs> and then he died Now she's like, sitting in with Eugene and they you know like they mentioned that you you've got kind of got bumped up basically because Raymond's out of the picture and he kind of puts two and two together on that uh and yeah they break it down you got to let florida go uh but yeah i mean i imagine when she gets the word about eugene it's like ah oh man i'm getting nothing but winners i'm getting nothing but winners over here
0: well yeah she obviously this is some um egg level foreshadowing going on whenever she appears she's like the a- a- egg a- angel of death over here cursing these men to die yes absolutely um, so you, you Yeah, so then Eugene's looking at some pictures of the beach, and it's all kind of retrofitted in that he loves the beach, I guess, and he's there with his son on the beach, and they have these pictures in slow motion, and like everything on their table there is like puka shells and like made with shells and there's a fish and they love the beach but it doesn't matter that it's all sort of squeezed in there because we see him picking it up and then we get a brutal shot of him uh, committing suicide that yeah. was really really rough to watch <laughs>
1: yeah yeah absolutely and it just hangs there for a long time uh and i think that it even hangs there long enough for him to piss himself uh after he's dead uh, yep. You see piss coming down his his pant leg um, and it's just it's so weird because it, it is like it's a brutal like heartbreaking moment and then they fucking one up it by having Tony get shot like right after but I mean, before we get into any of that we do have to go back once again to our counters and poor Eugene we got to throw him up on the listing Adam shot number 57 on the list.
0: That's true that we do. Um, it's it's a hard scene to watch even though we've basically just gotten to know this guy who's just been around and know, kind of known for being an asshole and then just the way they choose to film it in a wide shot that's where you feel I maybe we're overplaying it but like David Chase's contempt. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of feel yeah. like fuck you like I'm going to make you like this guy and then kill him because Tony... It's through, not through like malice, but through like, uh, this is easier for Tony this way. He's going to die. And same kind of, to be honest with the FBI, like, well, this guy died. So now you're the guy and we, we lost Adriana. We're probably going to lose you, but Hey, it's all this big game we're playing. Let's, let's just go for it. And he's, I mean, yeah, he didn't, he didn't sign up for this life. He did kill a guy. He's, he's not the best person, but just the Having seen his family and having seen the, the ambitions that he he do he does have, it's like, yeah. And then you shoot in a wide shot, you bastards. I I swear to God, um, that the makers of Breaking Bad watched this and was like, let's do every <laughs> shot like that because that worked. Yeah. <laughs> that worked really well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I mean, you can't help but assume that, uh, like. Because obviously there's that uh, fight or flight, just instinct that happens. Like even though he's decided to commit suicide in the moment, the way he's struggling, like there's just instinct of like, oh my God, I'm dying. Uh, What did I do? I need to not do uh, like, ah, it's just all there. It's really, yeah, it's really tough. And it's, it's, it's a genius choice though, to kind of really lay it all out there. And then the interesting thing about it, like going back to Tony is we've seen Tony like annoyed through most of this episode and even like annoyed that he has to go and hang out with junior. But when we cut to him and he's making like macaroni and stuff, like making food, like he seems happy now. Like it's, (laughs) he's like dancing around, he's playing some music on the radio and it's, it's almost like a good thing that he's hanging with junior and just, you know, doing regular stuff. Uh, But it doesn't quite work out so well for him.
0: Making pasta, much like Ralphie was known to do. Hmm, I yes. think there's a connection here somewhere, Jim. I think so.
1: Pasta's the uh, key.
0: Yes. So Junior's very confused. He just yells up at him to, like, uh, come down. It's 10 minutes. And he yells that he's Artie Shaw, famous clarinetist or whatever. And then he's like, Junior yells, don't go anywhere. And he's like, I'm not. And then, yeah. He comes down and shoots him. Uh, Didn't see this coming. Did not yeah. see this one coming, Jim. I'll admit it.
1: I love the way and the because the way this shot is shot as well. For some reason, I remembered it, it like wrong. I remembered it like we saw a shot of Junior like getting his gun or something when he's like, "Don't go anywhere." Yeah. But no, it's great because it's just we're with Tony, and then we see Junior come downstairs, and yeah, like the last thing you expect is that he just takes a gun and shoots him, gives him the old gutsada malenga.
0: <laughs> and he he still hasn't got the uppers uh so he looks <laughs> like really a, a yeah like an insane old man like got yeah. and he looks around not sure what he's doing and he sort of runs away like uh in a shuffling sort of way back up the stairs and hides in the closet and he has no idea what's going on anymore as soon as he's upstairs um yeah pretty uh like i'll be honest like the eugene scene did overshadow this for me it was obviously like an explosive way to open the season uh but call me arrogant jim i don't think tony soprano dies here
1: uh Uh, maybe who knows
0: (laughs) yeah who knows Uh, i feel like he doesn't um so it's not like i mean obviously it makes a difference uh and it is a, a a like as as um as interesting as the shot is, as you mentioned, like when he has to drag himself along and tries two different phones to try to call nine one one. I mean, I'm there through all of this, going like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh, it's really effectively put together.
1: Well, and it's it's weird. It's kind of weird too that they intercut like we cut away from this because we have Junior. Yeah, he slides the gun under the bed. He hides in the closet. And then like somewhere in the midst of this, we do cut to the moment with Angie and the Corvette. So it's just a weird little thing that they drop in. Uh, and then we kind of come back to it. Uh, yeah, as Tony's still dragging himself across the floor and he's yelling to uncle junior to call nine one one. Uh, and you know, finally he has to like pull himself up to the phone on the wall. Uh, and he does i guess make the call we have the 911 what's your emergency and then we see tony laid out on the on the floor and there we go there's your there's your final season premiere let's do it bitches says says david chase
0: yeah and uh Terrence winter um she uh did win uh oh sorry it's a guy yeah he did win uh the primetime emmy for outstanding writing for a drama series for this episode, uh, which feels like, um, I mean, we've we've gone through various of the awards they won. It feels like they had to pick which episode of The Sopranos to give it to, basically. I mean, yeah. at this point, uh, that's what I assume happens anyway. I know other shows were great at the time, sure. But, like, uh, I, I don't see how you couldn't give it to one of the episodes uh, of The Sopranos, having not seen the rest of the season. But still, incredibly strong opening. I think it's one of the best season... Uh, season premieres we've seen from the Sopranos I mean you were saying earlier they always manage to reintroduce things but then like there was the lamp episode Jim that's true (laughs) let's be honest I forgot about
1: the lamp episode
0: yeah this is a very good uh, season opening as is deserving of a final season even though it's split in two and uh, yeah uh, we'd like to share your thoughts on this whole thing as well. So so please do leave a review on iTunes uh, for Cut to Black, the Soprano Sit Down. Let us know your thoughts on this episode or the final season. And you can also email us specific thoughts on episodes. And don't worry, I won't read them until we get to the episode. Just don't put spoilers in the subject line. We're grand. Uh, it's showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com, and you could be included in the discussion
1: yes yes uh so yeah yeah i mean it's been quite a journey but we're not done yet so strap in we're heading towards the finish line uh but there's one more thing to say
0: oh what's that jim
1: cut to black